What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's Wednesday, November 17th, and we've got another prospect episode. First time it was with Jack. Now, got my other co-host here, Peter Apple. And of course, I had to cater it right towards you. We're talking Yankees prospects. We're talking Matt Olson trade again because it's getting closer and closer. And uh, we'll mix in a little bit of Arizona Fall League update as well. But Peter... I had to spoil you. We're going to talk a little Yankees today, uh, and I'm excited to talk about this system as I get ready to write it up. Is it bad? And I know, I keep saying this over and over again. Jack and I did free agency stuff, and I was like, this is my favorite stuff, you know, giving out billions of dollars in contracts. Then we did our all MLB team, which we just recorded that podcast yesterday. And I was like, well, this is more fun because you get to decide who's actually the best player at each position. But I am a Yankee fan and I love this system, especially what it's been doing this year of how many guys have jumped from maybe, you know, middle of the pack to real potential crazy players in deals. So I'm just excited to talk with you about this and This is another one of my favorite things, talking Yankees prospects. Obviously, especially when the system's good. And it's funny because I feel like not that long ago, I was clowning you about the Yankees farm system. Like how many conversations have you and I had being like the Yankees just don't draft? Yeah. And and they They haven't really. And then all of a sudden Volpe takes off. You have some of these other guys start to really take off and. Now we, I look like an idiot, but it, it's really cool. And, and the way it timed up was perfect. Like I wanted to talk prospects in general with you, but 
it's honestly kind of a coincidence the way it timed up with the prospects episode with you, because I was planning on writing Yankee system next because I'm expecting trades to go down and, and I want people to have a reference point to see kind of where those guys ranked uh, in the Yankees top 10 and whether they're an honorable mention and get some write-ups on them. So I might need to hurry up though, apparently, because I mean, Twitter's going bonkers with these Matt Olson trade rumors, huh? So this is what's been just filling my Twitter feed this morning. So scoops RBW. I think his actual tag is at Gary Sanchez RBW two. <laughs> is this the best contact for getting all of your Yankee knowledge? Maybe some updates. Maybe not. Maybe you not. Know, it's Twitter, but this guy was early on the Kluber deal. He had the Joey Gallo trade package exact before Passon delivered it. Jeff Passon. Wow. And he was up to date on every Aaron Boone contract extension before they've been released. So this is not just a random person. This is someone who has been credited with breaking stories before. Is he right every single time? No. But this package with Matt Olson, he is doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. Let me just read you the past couple tweets. Holy shit, the message I just got. Don't let me have the last laugh, I beg of you. The Yankees are going to trade for Matt Olson. It's a certainty, and it will happen soon. Most, if not all the players I named will be in that said deal if I received the wrong timeline, so be it. So he thought it would happen at 2 p.m. today. And the package that he's looking at is Oswald Peraza. Which is what we said. Which is what we said. Luke Voigt, which I'm not surprised. Obviously, you send the other first baseman there, but I'm just kind of like, what is Oakland getting out of it? But Oakland remains competitive. Not to say that even if they trade away Matt Olson, that they can't be good again next year. I mean, they're all they always figure out a way to do it. We were even saying we didn't think their roster was that good going into the year, but yet they were still very competitive. Mm-hmm. It, so we continue now. He putting Debbie Garcia in the deal, who we also had in that trade. Oh no, we had. Well, we, we, we kind of, uh, we had some Luis Medina, we had Debbie Garcia and then Austin Wells is the other name in that deal. Plus a likely outfield prospect. I think that's the exact package we put. (laughs) That's pretty nuts. What what if he's just, what if he just saw our article and he's just doubling down on that? I think Cashman Uh, saw this podcast and said, you know what, Peter, Armand, Jack, They know what they're talking about. That sounds good. But, you know, I think on both sides, that would be, you know, a good deal. And we talked about that on the last episode. What's interesting, I want to talk about Oakland real quick, though, too, because before we get deep into the prospects, I think it is interesting, right? Like, I would prefer not if I'm rebuilding. Obviously, I don't want to lessen my prospect return uh, by getting a Luke Voigt. However, if the Yankees are kind of willing to give him up and aren't putting a huge value on him, why not pick him up if you're Oakland? One, he gives you a little bit more of a watchable uh, lineup. Uh, and, you know, like you said, you never know how they're going to start at the beginning of the season. They'll be competitive enough. And if they're not, if Voight's performing, you flip him at the deadline. And now you're going to just maximize your prospect return. The Yankees don't have the ability to roll out Luke Voigt and let him get at bats and build his value up because they want somebody else there that's a superstar potentially, right? So, so Voight, for them, is they might as well just ship him out. But Oakland might be able to build that value up and flip them. So I didn't totally see the idea of where they would need Voight, but I'm not totally against the idea of Oakland picking him up. And he, I could see him out there. I, I think he kind of fits the blue collar kind of attitude out there, right? But I, I have a question for you. 
So in this package, Oswald Peraza, we know glove first, but the bat came to play this year. He was really excellent. He's probably the best defensive infielder in the entire Yankee system. Mm -hmm. And then when you add the bat, you have a big leaguer on your hands. Devi Garcia is one of the better pitching prospects that the Yankees have. You know, we like a couple guys better, but I think around baseball, Devi is valued as such. Mm -hmm. Am I am I right on there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, right? yeah, he struggled in the big leagues, but so have a lot of guys. And he's still young, and he's, he's, young. he's obviously more mature than a lot of these guys. And then Austin Wells, who we don't think will necessarily be a catcher, but what we do know is that the bat plays. Yeah, I mean, plays. already talk about Arizona Fall League. This guy's he just hit a double like a couple hours ago. <laughs> yeah, he's hitting well out there too. And uh, but, and that's not even the guy we're going to talk about in this episode, which is the crazy part. So is Luke Voigt in this deal even valuable? Is he almost a fill-in in this deal? Yeah. It doesn't feel like he's a centerpiece or even a second piece. No, no, honestly, right? I would rather have Wells uh, probably, right? I, and it's it's weird because we're also not that removed from Voight leading baseball in the shortened season and, and you know, pacing the, the league for a lot of the time in home runs and, and production, but he's injury prone. You know, he's limited to first. There's questions there and first basemen are replaceable. Uh, but I, I think if you're Oakland and you can get them to just throw him in there, you might as well, right? That's what I'm this saying. I can hit this guy can absolutely hit. And now you're, you're swapping out your first baseman and he holds the fort down. If you don't want to trade him until Austin Wells is ready. Cause I think Wells will be ready in the next year and a half. Uh, and maybe even by the end of next year with the way that his bat plays, it's interesting. And, and I think the Yankees couldn't be in a better spot given that they have legitimately traded guys away over the last calendar year and their system has gotten better, uh, traded minor league guys away and their system has gotten better. I would love to know what's going on from top to bottom out there because we're just seeing dudes that weren't even on radars last year start to hit. And that's why it's going to be kind of hard ranking this top 10. I wanted to talk it out and have this episode before I rank the top 10, because I just, there's so many emerging guys that I think are right on the brink there. Uh, even, and, and this is the guy I wanted to start with and, and kind of talk to you about, because I want to get you excited about this dude, Elijah Dunham uh, in the, in the trading card community. He's one of the most talked about, like, or, or at least one of the most high volume cards uh, as of late, because he's cheaper and he's raking and he's a Yankee and he was an undrafted free agent in 2020 and he just raked this year. And now he's just dismantling pitching. In the Arizona Fall League, he only has a 9% K rate, two home runs, sitting 350 something, and he's playing good defense. These guys are coming out of nowhere. And now I'm wondering if, if maybe that's a guy that teams are, are interested in now, too. Like players are boosting their trade value, and the season's not even going on. Like Elijah Dunham is getting more valuable each day. If I'm a team, I'm calling on him because. He's interesting. He's really, really interesting. And I'll get a little bit more into him, but like, that's not even a guy Yankees fans are talking about, right? Like no one even is even mentioned Elijah Dunham, right? Quite frankly, I remember talking to you a little bit about him and then I looked him up, but I don't hear anything about Elijah Dunham, anything. And, but the thing is, I feel like we're always hearing about the guys who have been, you know, Jason Dominguez while Anthony Volpe is the number one prospect. I bet if you asked a lot of Yankee fans, is Jason Dominguez your best prospect? They'll immediately say yes. Yeah. Because I think it's the way 
it's the way Yankees fans look at their prospects because they look at them as trade pieces. They don't look at them as developing. And I think that's, you know, I think it's kind of (laughs) fair, but I want to break into another guy who may not be on the, on the, the head. uh, What am I saying? It may not be on the forefront of your mind, but Anthony Garcia. So this kid, and I call him a kid because he was born in 2000 and he's 20 years old, but he looks like a manimal. He is six foot five, 205 pounds. He was signed as an international free agent by the Yankees in July 2nd, 2017. And he came up when he was 17 years old and he just showed that he could hit for a ton of power. He hit 10 home runs in 44 games when he was 17. Then 2019, he gets hurt a little bit, but he slugged 706 but he only had six games. Now we break into 2021. He's now 20 and he's playing in low A. So he hits 318 with eight home runs, a 459 OBP, a 697 slugging, crushing balls, gets moved up to low A. 291, 426 on base, 655 slugging, six home runs in 16 games. This year he hit a home run one out of every 8.6 at bats. Yeah. This guy, we're talking about first baseman. We're talking about corner right field, a guy who could stick there. Matt Olson, two years of control. I think Anthony Garcia might be the next first baseman after Matt Olson. We're going even farther. I mean, he, he's got the kind of power, dude, that in that short porch and right, he could Switch play hitter. bats and leave the yard. Switch hitter. This is, yeah, that's the even crazier part. And and he's got like the kind of power where I'm starting to think I got to put like an 80 grade on it. If, if I'm putting him in the top 10, <laughs> it's that crazy because I remember I mentioned him to you and you said he's got juice. Because at first I'm like Anthony Garcia, Anthony Garcia. And then I, I this bell just rung in my head and I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I watched some video on this guy. He's already hit the ball 116 miles per hour, too. Uh and when you're doing that, and you know, I think there's more in there. One sixteen is is first percentile stuff. I mean, that's that's what 20. some of the max exit velos were. I think for for Fernando Tatis Jr. this past year, I believe his max exit velo was right around there. I mean, this is some crazy stuff. And yes, there's some question on the hit tool, but if he's a switch hitter, I mean, that, that makes you feel a little bit better. Uh, that, you know, he might be able to work it out. And, and that's something that, I mean, these are the guys that are that are way down there, right? Like, this is a guy that's not even ranked uh, in the top 20 for most people. Elijah Dunham, again, back to him, kind of the opposite profile. Insane bat-to-ball skills and a really good ability to get on base. I think he's getting on base at a 472 clip in the Arizona Fall League right now. And he's got sneaky poolside power, too, and is is a plus runner. So I, that's what I like about this system is even in the lower levels and, and outside of the top 20, they've got the, the you know, Anthony Garcia's balanced out with the Elijah Dunham's. And I think it just gives you a good chance that every year you're going to have some dudes break out uh, and, and they really position themselves. Well, I think of balancing it almost like a stock portfolio where you have a little Smart, bit of high yeah. risk, high volatility over here, but then you have your safer guys over here, the guys in between, and they balance and spread the risk out really well. Uh, 
And, and let's be real. The Yankees haven't drafted great, but they do kill international free agency. And I mean, I think it's, it's pretty evident here and the drafting now starting to turn around a little bit too over the last couple of years. And I mean, maybe teams are asking about Anthony Garcia. Like that's the crazy thing is we don't know what, what teams want. I would. You want to know something else about Anthony Garcia? That's kind of crazy. What? 39 games in 2021. He stole 15 bags. Yeah. Stole 15 bases. And I know, you know, it's easier to steal bags in the minor leagues because of all the rule changes, but 15 stolen bases. I mean, in 39 games, six, five, two Oh five. He's 20. Yeah. Fangraphs has him at like a 50 runner, which is crazy. So, I mean, he's just got all of these athletic tools. Even if you don't think that he's going to steal bags, what I see there, we have an athlete on our hands who can also not only hit for home runs, but the walks are yeah. like he's getting on base at an incredible clip. And I also want to run you by another guy that I really like. And Yankee fans, I don't know if, if we all remember, we saw Steven Ridings come up um, who had an electric fastball. And the Yankees have been doing, doing a really good job of producing 25, 26 year olds in AAA that, you know, they just need a little extra boost and then yeah. they're there. And th- I'm looking at another guy. His name's Ron Medinacho. <laughs> I did a pretty good job pronouncing his name. I'm very happy about that. We practice off the air a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we practice. They give Jack and Arm give me flashcards and I try my best. <laughs> so, Arm, in AAA this year, 26 innings, 26 and two thirds, 41 Ks. He had a two point. He had a 2.36 ERA, but he struck out almost 14 guys per nine. And every single season he's had in the minor leagues, he's at least over 11 strikeouts per nine. And I would say average, it's around 13 or 14. This guy has incredible, incredible stuff. And we're probably going to see him in a rotation, considering he probably has the best changeup out of any pitcher in the Yankee system. We love yeah. changeup guys. Yeah, you know it's it's really interesting because I, I wonder if and something that I think the Yankees have done a really good job of is is when I look at like a Jonathan Loizaga and I look at some of these other even Dellen Batansis a little further back some of these guys that were coming up as starters maybe and then just couldn't quite make it in the stretch out five innings type of role the Yankees are still able to maximize those guys value. And I think they're doing that here with my boy, Ron, I'm going to make it easier on myself, but Marty Nacho, right? Marty Nacho. Yeah. With Marty Nacho. I think they're going to really utilize him as a bullpen weapon. And I think he's going to be another guy that the Yankees, like Yankees fans are going to love because he's going to come in and he's going to dice dudes up. It's not just the change up too. He's got a curveball that, the new thing that Colby was telling me about this too, is uh, one of the new waves in, in the pitching world. It's like a hard power curveball, And he's got that low eighties power curveball That is nasty. That jumps. It just wipes right off the table and drops off the table. That with the changeup, you're like, Oh, this guy's a three pitch mix. I think it's more of the command side of things. We'll mm-hmm. see, but that That's could be, is. he could be that kind of guy though, that is a back end reliever, but also in some, some spots, you know, can you can stretch out for two or three like a wise ago at times. And that's a really important role. And I think we've kind of seen the idea of a back end reliever just evolve year to year. And I think he could be kind of a wise ago 2.0. I don't think he's quite got that kind of stuff, 
but the secondaries are there. I mean, he doesn't have the triple digits fastball, but it's mid nineties, like oh, too bad. And he's got the, the slider slash curveball type pitch and a nasty change. I like it a lot. And when you have two different off speed pitches that you can go to, cause you, you know, we talk about it with like Chapman, right? Like where, when yeah. he comes out with the fastball, you know, if he doesn't have it that day, there's some guys where if they don't have their breaking ball or their changeup that day, you know, they're toast because that's their only out pitch. Absolutely. When you got two different out pitches to go to that are wipeout, the changeup isn't working for you. Go to the breaking ball. And then, you know, if it, or vice versa, that's why I think I think he's a, a, a big league reliever, uh, which is a huge value to this Yankees team, especially with how much they already have invested in the bullpen to have some of those cheaper guys. I, I think you identified a great target there. And I think we're going to be talking about him again in a few months and be like, ah, remember when we were talking about him? Well, yeah, he's striking out 13 per nine now and uh, out of the bullpen. It's just the numbers are just just screaming at me. Yeah. But there's another guy I got to ask you about, because I remember we were in Colorado. We were watching the draft and the Yankees took a shortstop, six foot four, 200 pounds out of Eastern Illinois in the first round. His name's Trey Sweeney. And I look to you and I'm like, Aram, who in the hell is Trey Sweeney? What, what are we, all these guys were available. Why'd we go Trey Sweeney? There was plenty of starting pitchers. We need pitching. But then he's kind of good. He's got on base at a good clip. He's kind of doing everything well right now. And I think he's going to be in the top 10 of when you make your system. I think he should be. He looks good. I'm curious to see what you think about him. And have you heard, because we were hearing about all these guys getting thrown into packages, but I haven't heard even a lick about Trey Sweeney, no. but I've heard all about Austin Wells. That's the funny thing is, is I think the Yankees really, really like Trey Sweeney. I mean, obviously, right. They drafted him in the first round, but yeah, we, we've seen teams kind of often where, especially a team like the Yankees, a big market team that's looking to buy and make moves. They're, sometimes they're not that attached to their first round pick. I mean, look at Jared Koenig with the Mets. It happens a lot where, where sometimes teams, you know, that are drafting late in the first, they're like, yeah, you know, this guy is who we picked, but, you know, we're not that attached to him. I don't think that's the case with the Yankees. You know, I, I agree. I've been hearing that Bubba Chandler was very much attached to the Yankees and he was. That. Um, but they ended up not going the Bubba Channel route because Trey Sweeney fell to them. And, and, and I think that's something that uh, says a lot because Bubba Chandler is one of the most freakish athletes I've ever seen in my life. And, and the Yankees like those kind of guys. Uh, he, he can do literally everything. I like Trey Sweeney a lot. I was really disappointed because I went out to go see Dominguez play and, and low way and Jupiter and Sweeney had been just making his debut maybe a couple of days before I didn't catch him, but I did get to talk to some guys on that Jupiter team that said, no, this guy can swing it. Like this guy doesn't, doesn't even need to be here. He should be in high a already. And, and that's something that, you know, sometimes it's a little bit murky with the mid major guys, but he's shown it. He's got the track record. The Yankees like something in him, and and I can kind of see it too. He's got that blend of contact and power, and the way the Yankees have been able to unlock more power out of guys, I'm willing to bet on on Trey Sweeney continuing to develop that power. And uh, I'm not trading him from the Yanks. I think it's pretty clear that they like this guy a lot. Left-handed hitting shortstop, 6'4", 200 pounds. What does that remind you of, Peter? Corey Seager. Exactly. Exactly. And he's got some of the similar type of like potential offensively profile wise, you know, hopefully he'll hit that much, but I kind of see that blend of contact power. He's, he's pretty darn intriguing dude. And uh, you know, we'll see in the upper levels, but yeah, I, I like, I like the pick. I like the pick a lot.
I'm also, I'm curious to hear your opinion too, because the Yankees do have a ton of starters and all we hear about is Clark Schmidt. And I don't even know why he should be ranked with these guys. I mean, Clark Schmidt just continually gets hurt. I mean, even in like, 2021 this year i know it was a short stint but he had a 568 era when he debuted in 2020 7.11 he's only thrown 13 innings in the major league so we're not gonna you know blame him but from everything we've seen it hasn't been amazing so far but the yankees have so many more exciting arms ken waldachuk comes to mind you know hayden wesnetsky comes to mind i don't know why clark schmidt is getting all the love when we got guys in the low threes who have just been shoving in the minors for a while now. Yeah. You know, I think it's a great point. And, and, and I'd always been a little bit lower on Schmidt. Yeah. He, he was somebody was that too. had arm issues going back to when he was selected. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he, he could still settle into a back end of the rotation role. I just don't know why. Yeah. Like you said, we're ranking guys with huge upside that have put up already put up better numbers in the lower levels, or even some, some in double a better than what Schmidt did even at his best. So what are we doing? I I think sometimes we get too caught up in the name and where they were drafted and are just so hesitant to move them back. Clark Schmidt could be great, but let's think about it this way. And I always like to look at it with this value too. If you're making a trade right now and, and you know, you're trading who cares who it is. Who would you rather part with, Peter? Uh, you you're, put your Brian Cashman hat on. Would you rather part with Clark Schmidt or would you rather part with Ken Waldachuk slash Luis Medina? Clark Schmidt. Of course. Clark Schmidt is 25. Ken Waldachuk is thir- 23. Hayden Wesneski is 23. They're putting up better numbers. Their stuff is better. The only problem is those two, the command is the only issue right now which is important, but it's not like Clark Schmidt's commanding the zone that well. No. And and, and that's so- why I'm just always kind of down on Debbie. I feel like these Yankee names, they get carried up and then there's just too much and then they fall back down. An example of that, even though I'm not ready to give up on him at all, because in 2021, when he made his major league stand, he actually looked really good. A guy I'm referring to is Estevan Florial. A guy like that who was in every Yankees trade proposal. I mean, it was the next best outfielder. This is our future center fielder. And yeah. he comes up and he's okay, but he had a better 2021 and he's still young. So, and he's an incredible athlete. And I still think his swing plays. So I still like him, but that was the guy we were hearing. Jason Dominguez. I mean, tell me about Jason Dominguez because I'm looking at a 250 average. I'm not seeing him get on base that much. I'm not seeing him hit for that much many home runs. We saw him. He doesn't know how to slide yet. And he's not 14. He's at the age now, 18. I know it's still young, but the generational guys were already hitting. The Wander Francos, the Juan Sotos, those guys. And that's who he's being compared to. He's being compared to goddamn Mickey Mantle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) So at 18, I want you hitting 350. I want you hitting 20 bombs. Like what, what have you seen? Yeah. I, so I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And then I also want to just wrap a bow on uh, Schmidt real quick because there's yeah. something oh, yeah. really weird that I noticed. And, and as you, you as a pitcher, I, I feel like you're going to want to, or you did both, but you, you have the pitching background a little bit too. Uh, until, elbow. until the elbow exploded. Uh, but you know, I was watching him and out of the windup, I'm like, his mechanics look so inconsistent and he kept flying open and flying open. And then I'm watching this, this full inning. It was an old game, but I was watching this full inning 
And then I'm watching him out of the stretch and I'm like, oh, that looks good. Like he's on top of the curveball, He's commanding it better. I'm like, whoa, he looks really good out of the stretch. And I was like, I wonder if it's just this game. So I watched another game, same thing. So I pull up the stats and I don't have it in front of me right now, but his ERA and his strikeout numbers and his walk numbers were so different with runners on versus runner, nobody on, meaning so he was going out of the stretch. Most guys are worse with runners on base. It's a pain in the ass. you got to hold dudes on. you got to go out of the stretch. You're dealing with, you know, not being able to walk guys as much. You can't pitch around them because there's nowhere, nowhere to put them. He was exponentially better with runners on base, which tells me he's just got better mechanics from the stretch. I don't know why he doesn't go from the stretch more or hasn't tweaked those mechanics a little bit, but I mean, the numbers are there too. The eye test was verified by the numbers. Like look at his numbers with runners on base and then nobody on base. And it's pretty dramatic. So I'm hoping for Schmidt that it's a slight mechanical tweak and maybe they can get him rocking from there. Or maybe he just goes out of the stretch exclusively, but you know, at 25 years old, like you said, the clock is ticking Uh, on the, on the flip side to answer your Dominguez question. Wait, before, before we move on back to Dominguez, you know what that screams at me though? What? Bullpen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. I mean, yeah, like I put him in the bullpen, make him a in the bullpen. or at least give him a 10. Like he's probably not going to be in the rotation. You are 25 years old. Not to say that you can't develop at 25. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom example. A. Yeah. But I'm just saying that at some point we got to look at ourselves and be like, we have just better starting pitchers who are younger and more ready. And it's, if he's at, if he's 25 years old now, who's already had these arm troubles, let's just put him in the bullpen. And it's not like we have to say, Clark Schmidt, you are now a bullpen guy. Yeah. Get him some confidence. Maybe, maybe bring him in with runners on, let him go from the stretch, let him do well. And then we could say, all right, are you ready to be a starter? Something like that. Yeah. Instead of just pushing him out for innings and just, I just, I don't see it as much. And I, I love him in the, in like a middle, like a swingman role where he's he's eating up innings when your your starter, you know, implodes or God forbid gets hurt. Or, you know, then sometimes he's that other arm in the in, in the middle relief kind of role too, or, or a spot starter when something happens in a late scratch. Like those guys are valuable. Uh, and I think They're that's a, a good starting spot for him. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting. But, yeah, to wrap up with, with where I would put him, I'm, of course, putting Wall to Chuck ahead of him. A lefty that's racking up strikeouts like anybody, as, as well as anybody in the minors, spin rates off the charts with the fastball, uh, a nasty slider, a good curveball, a good changeup. Like th- those are guys I get excited about, and, and they've already shown some results too. Uh, I love um. that. Go ahead. Six four, two hundred yeah. pounds. He had one hundred and sixty three strikeouts in one hundred and ten innings with a three point oh three ERA. The only thing holding him back is the walks. That's it. Tall lefties, bro. They're like baby drafts. They just they're so awkward. They just can't figure it out. But it takes time. Yeah. It takes you know what time. Kind of scares me though. What <laughs> I'm watching his mechanics, and I'm like, you kind of look like Andrew Heaney. <laughs> <laughs> Yankees fans. <laughs> But Andrew Heaney, you know, whatever, say what you want about Andrew Heaney, and I don't want to put that on him, but I'm just like, God, he throws exactly kind of like him. Marlins legend right there. Um, first round pick by the fish, traded for D Gordon. He's been passed around and somehow got $8 million from the Dodgers. So tip of the cap to Andrew Heaney and his agent. Dodgers. I mean, the Yankees saw something. There's something deeper in those analytics that somebody's looking at because everyone and these good organizations are giving him these big chances to the Yankees. And now the Dodgers signing for $8 million. There's something there. So will it actually work? 
Yeah. So so the last thing we'll say is, would you get mad at me for leaving Clark Schmidt out of the top 10 potentially? No, he shouldn't be in the top 10. Okay, good. Because I literally he's going to be right on the edge there. Walter Chuck will be in. Spoiler alert. Can we do some things? Yes. Can you ask me? Some guys, and I'll I'll give you my kind of if I think they should be you know top ten. That's yeah, a fun exercise. Yes, like yes. there's guys that you're like, oh, and you're and I'll I'll, I'll shoot you straight. A hundred percent. I want to answer your Dominguez thing, and then let's yes, do that. yes do that. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, when we talk Yankees, it's like it's you're lucky. Ridiculous. I love all of the questions because we're talking about four things at once right now. Yeah. And I hope the listeners are keeping up. <laughs> They've like run it back. Like, like what the hell are they even talking Where about? <laughs> Where are we right now? No, it's great. But the Dominguez thing, you bring up a really good point. He, I hate being harsh on a 19, 18, 19 year old, but you have to treat him with the like level of criticism that he is being compared to, right? Like if, if he's being put in the same conversation as Wander, as Julio, as those guys, then we have to, you know, hold him to that standard. Wander was demolishing low a pitching and then demolishing high a pitching at this point. Uh, Julio was doing the same thing. Now that's not to say that that means Jason Dominguez isn't going to be a great player, but let's just acknowledge the fact that they are very different. That Dominguez is much more volatile and he's just not on that level yet. He's just not there and that's okay. But I think it's really important for Yankees fans and, and just people in general in baseball, especially baseball card investors who are paying so much money for his cards to understand where he is at relative to some of the other generational prospects that we've seen. Physically, he's generational, but so was Yasiel Puig. I still think that Dominguez can be obviously a superstar. He's a power hitting guy with a you know big juice from both sides and a crazy athlete, but he also was three for 52 against curveballs this year. Why he's is he not slugging to- arm? He slugged 398 in low A. What? Yeah. You- you're five ten, what two ten, two hundred? Yeah. What do you, that? What's the game then? He's got to hit for power. I mean, that's the big thing, right? Like that's the only got to hit for power. Successful. And I think he was caught in between, from what I saw, of trying to make consistent contact and and develop as a hitter, while while still trying to hit for power. So he's still trying to figure out who he is. That's that's what I really saw because. I saw him take huge swings early in the count. And then he's trying to shorten up with two strikes, but then he just looks like he's uncomfortable. Like he's never done that before. And and remember, this is a guy that's never really played organized baseball before this. Like, why are we expecting this guy to just come out and be a superstar? Like, it's just not fair to him. And I think that's why you saw the Yankees brass push back and say, Hey, 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 like let's slow down on this kid. It's not fair to him because the hype train on him just, it just took off too quick. It, let's let's see what happens. Let's give him some time. It might take a little bit of time. He's not Wander Franco. He's not that pure pure hitter. Uh, he, he's he's got a lot of uh, of maturing to do. Uh, and that, with that said, he's still at peak value right now. Unless he just absolutely mashes next year. If I'm trade getting him. a superstar, trade him. Are, you're okay with trading him now? Oh yeah. I, I wrote an article like four yeah. months ago. All the guys who I would trade for Jason Dominguez. I put Cattell Marte in there. I put Jesse Winker at the time. We should. I, I could be wrong. This could just bite us in the ass. And just like, wait, Jason Dominguez did turn into everything that we thought. But what's more likely? Remember <laughs> Phil Hughes? <laughs> what's yeah. Remember? Oh, we, could, we could go all day. All day. What's more likely? You know, 
It's more likely that he doesn't. And, and I want to be so like this. I don't even want this to, to be come wrong. Off as, I hope he's the center fielder for the Yankees for the next 20 years. But I think we're also we may be expected when he's getting compared to the Juan Soto's, the Julio Rodriguez's of the world that he's going to come up at 20. He might just come up at 23, might need for three, four, five years in the minors. But three, four, five years for, for the Yankees is is an eternity. Like at that point, then he's expendable, in my opinion. And and that's why I, I think the, the Yankees, I, I frankly would rather trade him than trade. Like if, if it came down to this, I'm not saying it would come down to this, but I would rather keep Peraza and Wells than just Dominguez potentially, mm. potentially. I, you're not far off on that at all. Maybe at not. All. I'd because have to Austin think about Wells will be a major league hitter. Regardless, yes. he the bat is too good. Peraza, he's a big league. He's a major league defensive short. Like he, yeah, you know, Nicky we'll Lopez the bat, is of the world. We'll see how the bat translates, but like he's a big leaguer. He's a big leaguer. And he's hitting. Yeah, he's hitting. He's hitting. Are we are we not gonna promote guys who are hitting versus guys who are not hitting? Kanan Smith traded in the tie-on deal. You know, you know how I feel about him. Yeah, he has hit no, at every level. And I was like, what? Him. Nobody wanted him just because he's kind of fat. <laughs> yeah, but he hits. He's awesome. He is. He's awesome. He is. And he's a good athlete. His brother plays wide receiver at Ohio State. I, I just found this out recently. So, I mean, like, why do scouts good. not care if you hit? <laughs> they do, but like, no, they really don't. It's funny. I just, I just talked to Jeff Ponce about this on, on, you know, the locked on prospect show. And I was like, we were talking about, and he just took a job at baseball America. And he's like, one of the first things I'm going to do when I get here is I just want to tell everybody how important it is to just hit the freaking baseball. Like, like we're doing it backwards here. And then the same thing's happening with, with pitching, but I think the Yankees are doing a really good job now of, of kind of, like I said, balancing it out. They do it well with the hitting side. The pitching side, I think they still chase the stuff before the pitch ability for the most part, right? Like, wouldn't you say that? Go through their top pitchers. They're all like that. It's incredible stuff, but it's just what's the what's holding them back? Are they going to put a command? It's the walks and it's all of them. So, I mean, there's one guy, uh, Joely Brito is his name. I think that's his name. Um, He has incredible command, probably the best command in the minors in the entire Yankee system. But he followed that up with a 5.04 ERA this year. So it's like, okay, well, throwing in the strikes, we're just getting hit all the time. Yeah, so that, that's the problem. It's a, you got you to gotta balance the two. I got a name for you, and, and this is a guy that I'm really excited about, but there's some interesting caveats to him. Oswaldo okay. Cabrera mm-hmm. hit 29 homers. He's obviously going to crack the top 10. Um, at least I'm fairly positive, unless something crazy comes up to me when I do my, my further final deep dive. <laughs> Cabrera hit 29 jacks, dude. He hit 272. Uh, he kept the strikeouts decently in check. And, you know, he stole 21 bags. And this is upper level stolen bases. So those count a little bit more. Uh, really, double A and above, the stolen bases count a little bit more, less rules. I think the only rule in double A was that the base was like two inches bigger, which is just so freaking weird. weird. Uh, but, but that was about it. You know, so, so the stolen bases were pretty valid. And, you know, he stole a lot of them and did not strike out that much. What are your thoughts there on, on where you think he stacks up? Like how excited are you about this guy? Are you kind of taking it with a grain of salt? Cause he's another guy that frankly exploded out of nowhere. Also somewhat taking it with a grain of salt. So what I'm seeing 2017, he slugged 321, then 2018, 320, then 2019, 378. And his OBP is 306, 273, 310 in those three years. I mean, he just wasn't that good, but then he burst onto the scene in double a, he, 
but still he's not getting on base a yeah. 311 but he hit he ran into some balls obviously at 24 jacks but then he goes up to triple a i know it's only nine games he homered five times <laughs> but he homered five times and hit 500 but this is just not a guy that's getting on base but he's 22 in triple a he's very slim yeah, how crazy is that? One he's four, like, he weighs 145 pounds. I'm so glad that you're just you're just seeing all of this right now. Because yeah, I, I don't know much about this guy. I was going to bring you another guy. I've seen him. No, but I, I did I just, this on purpose. I did this on purpose because I yeah. wanted you to just organically digest how confusing this guy is. Yeah, like this is a really hard guy to rank. There's there's obviously power. He hit 29. He's got defensive versatility, but he's 5'10", 145 pounds. I think I was that big in eighth grade. And (laughs) I was also chubby, but still like, like, but he's, I didn't hit 29 jacks in, in, in upper levels of minor leagues. Here's the really interesting thing about it. Strikes out a lot. This is my biggest pet peeve on planet earth. He is, he has the Aussie Albee syndrome, Mm. the switch hitter, who sucks from yeah. the right side, just sucks, which is great. I'd rather you be good from the left side, right? Like you're going to hit way more from the left side. So he has reverse Ozzie Albee syndrome because you actually are going to be way better, you know, from, from the side that you're going to hit more from. So that's better with Cabrera. Whereas Albies, he suffers more from the side that he hits more from, which sucks. But Cabrera, 21 of his 24 home runs to start the year were from the left side. That's not great. That's not a switch hitter. That's not a switch hitter. That's just a guy that is also hitting from the other side. Or he's just that athletic that he can, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should. 311 OPS point difference between the two sides. What are we talking about here? That's like, that's like just anybody just switch hitting at that point. So I'm almost thinking the Cedric Mullins effect here, man, if he cuts the right side out, even if he kind of is bad left on left, he can't be worse. And I just wonder if we could see that kind of Cedric Mullins effect. Because not only are you are you eliminating a side where you hit 650 OPS wise, you're also now just able to focus on one swing. I'm really curious what the, what, what's going to happen there with Cabrera, but that's why I wanted to mention him. He is a walking headache for me. Kind of turning uh, me on right now. <laughs> such a Cedric Mullins. I mean, think about it. He's crushing from one side. Not from the other. You cut out forty percent of his bats where he's sucking and making. Where he's it. sucking, right? Right. Still not that old. Not old. It's not too late. Cedric Mullins stopped switch hitting at twenty five. So that was a name I wanted to bring up because I'm like, if he says I quit switch hitting, I'm actually going to get so amped. I'm going to start buying all his cards and moving him up. But can right I give now, you my guy who has to be a top ten guy? But I haven't seen him on any top ten list that I could find. Interesting. Let's hear it. Everson Pereira. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Why are people not putting this dude in the top 10? I'll take you through it. I'll take you guys. Please. And then I'll add anything you miss. Cause I love this guy. He hit 300 this year as a 20 year old. He got on base at a 400 clip slugged 686 and through every level. He got good. He's got a baseball body, six foot, 190 pounds, came from that same signing period as Anthony Garcia. And this guy does everything well again. 
I mean, he's adding muscle. He's a solid runner. I'm, I'm, I just keep watching video of him. I love his swing. Oh yeah. He seems like he has a good approach too. He's not striking out that much, but yet I can't find him in top tens. Another guy, Anthony Garcia. I haven't even seen him in a top 30. I haven't even seen him mentioned very much. At I haven't all, even period. seen him mentioned. And that's, what's so weird to me because I can promise you the teams teams would prefer Everson Pereira over. If you're looking at the, uh, I don't know, like what's MLB pipeline half Everson uh, Pereira, or Debbie Garcia. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, seriously. Everson Pereira. I mean, but Debbie Garcia is a top 10 guy easily, right? Yep. yep. You know, that, that's what's crazy to me. And, and and I've seen some, you know, I think it's updated now, but for a while you, you were seeing uh, guys like, uh, who are we? Uh, Floreal ranked ahead of Pereira. So now I'm that's Floreal? not happening anymore. But I mean, Pereira is 20 years old, like you said. And dude, he's impacting the baseball with, with some special kind of force. I mean, yep. He was, he put up several exit velos over 110 miles an hour. So when you talk about how you see the swing and like it, I, I, I saw the swing. I was like, I love this swing, but I looked at him. I'm like, okay, six foot 190. How much power does he have? And I'm looking at him. I'm like, he's in the ball hard. And then when you, when you check his balls, the numbers, he, barrel he, he stays barrel. in the zone a very long time too. Yeah. He's, I like he's, him a lot. I'm very excited. <laughs> and guess what, dude, another, another guy that, you know, is it a, very important position. I don't know if he can stick in center. Like I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've seen enough of him in the outfield to know if he's going to stick there, but he moves pretty well. I, I think there's no reason to believe that he can't. If he's doing what he does offensively at center field, like this is another name, right? guy. Yeah. Like this is top another guy. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's serious considerate, probably going to crack the top 100. So that's my point. If, if he's a top 100 guy, potentially, but he's not on other other top tens. Like, how? What, what are we seeing that other people aren't? And also, I can promise you that teams are asking about Pereira. I can promise be. you. Come on, like they're they're asking about this dude. I would say, as much as they're asking about Austin Wells and some of the, I would I might rather have Pereira than Austin Wells because oh. of the premium position. Think about it. You got the center field, and he's putting up just the same numbers as he is, and he's what two three years younger. Yep. So I'll promise you that he is a top 10 guy. Uh, spoiler alert. He will be in there. He's close. And he's top five almost. It's just, yeah, system has been so good. I mean, just before, before we get into some guys that you are unsure about top 10 and maybe we'll just fire them off. Just give us like a 30 second summary of what you thought about the Yankees system at the beginning of the year to where we are now, because I think that in itself is so exciting for Yankee fans to hear. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I wrote something, uh, I want to say probably a month or two ago. And I was just like, the title was despite trades, Yankees farm system, most improved in baseball. One of my favorite and, articles ever on our site. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> right? of course. And um, Yankees fans got amped on that one, which I love, As they uh, should. but dude, I came into this year making fun of the Yankee system to you. Like fully was like this system. I was too. We were making fun of it together. It's Jason. Like, God damn it, we can't draft. We're drafting switch throwing catchers. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> it. Like you're just praying that Siegler can, can do Anthony something. Siegler first rounder. God, what were we doing? That's why I thought you guys were going to get Bubba Chandler. The guy's a switch hitter, pitcher, quarterback. Does well, He'll figure out a way to get on the field because he's just so athletic. But yeah. like, these guys don't. Siegler's just, just throws with both arms. That's it. But yeah, honestly, I looked at this system as a bottom, bottom five system in baseball. Realistically, 
you know, maybe, maybe a little bit better than that. I would have probably had some pushback on there, but like, I mean, bottom 10 is not out of the question. Bottom 10, but realistically bottom yeah. 10, there's some bad form. There's some bad systems. The White Sox don't have anybody. Oh no, 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 they're terrible. I probably would have had them bottom 10, but you look at like where Volpe is. Volpe is someone that wouldn't have been on my top 100. Now he's in the top 10 potentially in the update. Like who makes that kind of jump? Like that, that, that's that one I feel like is on me, but it's like, that's on me because I feel like I should have, I shouldn't have been so quick to dismiss Anthony Volpe because I should have been able to say, okay, he's capable of something, but But I I feel like everybody was out on him, but arm like this is just a continuous cycle within the Yankees farm system. Yes. So it's not on you. I probably did the same thing. Not even thinking about it. Just like, I probably won't be like, oh, we're just not getting anybody. Another Yankees draft pick. That's not good. Right. And you're looking at him and you're like, okay, well, he's not that big. And now he's not hitting for that much contact. And he's 5'11", 180. And he's not doing much. He also, what I was a little bit nervous about, he went to Jack Leiter's high school. A bunch of scouts just always saw him. Is he a result of scouts just seeing him so much, talking with him so much, liking him, and then just drafting him when he's actually not that good. But it was actually the complete opposite. It really was. He turned out to be way better than anyone could have expected. Which, you know, so that that leads it right there, right? Like, I mean, that's a guy that's now a top 10 prospect in baseball. That makes your system a lot better. (laughs) You're not getting a top 10 prospect unless you trade Aaron Judge. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's almost the only way you're getting a top 10 prospect if you're the Yankees. So just think about that. Then you add all of these other guys that went from borderline top 30, if that, to just raking into the into the top 10 and becoming trade pieces like Josh Smith over to the Rangers. I mean, even recent draft picks like Trevor Hover, you just took that guy in with the fourth or fifth round and then flip him as a, what, like the secondary piece for Joey Gallo. Like these are the things that the, the Yankees just had guys take it to another level. I loved Wells, but to see what they did, you know, with like with Oswaldo Cabrera, even, I mean, this is somebody that was on no radars. Now he hit 29 jacks, whether we're sold or not, like we'll see Pereira, another guy, not really on that many radars going into the year. Boom, blows up. And then you balance that out with the wall chucks of the world who I didn't even know existed before this year. Like this is a really, really insanely talented system. And then now I'm sprinkling in the Elijah Dunham's of the world. And I just, I just love, I love what I'm seeing. Even Josh bro hit this year, dude. Even Josh bro hit a little bit. I was looking at Josh bro stats. Uh, The the problem with Josh bro um, is that he hits for crazy power, but just doesn't do anything else. Like he, I mean, his OBP was less than 300 this year, even in, even in a ball in 2019 was 324. And he just strikes out a lot, but he just doesn't walk, but he hits bombs. He had 23 home runs in 90 games across um, high A and double A. And then in double A, he was still slugging 500. He was hitting fine. So even a guy like that, I wasn't that high on. I was like, oh, God, another one of these catchers who just doesn't hit and like plays fine defense that we just have to deal with. But no, I mean, he has proved that he can hit for some power. I have one guy, um, and maybe this is more of a um, kind of a homer pick. Um, Southern California, Central Coast, shout out Central Coast. Matt Sauer was drafted in the second round by the Yankees in 2017. Um, I really liked him. He's got a big old body, 6'4", 200 pounds, 22-year-old. I thought he was actually going to be a really good starter. I was really happy with the pick. But um, through A and and then he got promoted to high A, we got a 5-2 ERA. We got a 4-3-4. We got a guy who's walking a ton of guys. And he's not striking out a ton. Maybe you don't know that much about him, more of a homer pick. 
he's he's pretty low in the Yankees prospect list right now. Do you know anything about Matt Sauer? Do you like him? I don't know. I watched a little bit of him through the lower levels, and um, and then I also did a little bit of digging on on Sauer. And the one thing that that really has been an issue for him is that his fastball gets pulverized, like pulverized. I think the secondaries are pretty good. I don't know if that was something that you liked about him in college. Like the secondaries are all pretty solid. Uh, but no, he was a high school guy or high school, high school guy. Oh, he's a high school guy. Yeah. High school guy. Central coast, baby. Santa Maria. Santa Maria. The fastball gets just knocked around 903 OPS against, against the four seamer. Uh, But everything else is like the the secondaries are good. It's just, one of those guys that has like a razor thin margin for error because your baseline pitch, your fastball is just so hittable. Uh, So I'm interested to see how the Yankees can maybe adjust him, maybe get him throwing more sinkers or, uh, try to adjust the grip, make it more of a you know high spin fastball, whatever it is. He's already trying to avoid throwing it a lot and it, it, it still gets crushed. Uh, so that's the only issue with him, but I, I wouldn't give up on him yet, especially as a high school guy. Uh, those guys, sometimes they take a few years. I, you know, it's like almost like their, their minor leagues is like their college uh, and they got to develop. But the way these Yankees prospects have been just emerging and jumping out, who knows what can happen, but I will say it seems like it's happening more with the offensive side of things than uh, than the pitching side. So I'm very interested to see what the Yankees look to do in, in the next couple of drafts. I feel like they might start going like safer college arms because we're seeing a lot of those college arms perform like big time. Uh, the Cade Cavalli's of the world, the Cole Henry's of the world, uh, even on the Marlins side, Max Meyer, Jake Eater, a lot of these college arms, you're not sacrificing upside. It's not, it's not like that anymore. You know, it used to be that way. It's like safe pick college guy or high upside high school guy. It's not like that anymore. You you can get plenty of upside from these college guys. And, and I think that's pretty clear. I want to turn it back on you real quick. Let's do it. But I was Let's just going to say a perfect example of that Jordan Montgomery getting drafted out of uh, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. like kind of a, you know, decent arm, but then turned into the Yankees legit three. Yeah. That's what I think they were thinking with Clark Schmidt. We should do more of that. Yeah, Schmidt. Or that. Yeah. And they went to the riskiest college guy possible. Like that with, with arm issues and older round arm. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like it. So let's say that trade trade package doesn't go through for Matt Olson. And somebody else somehow outbids it, which won't happen. But who else would you be willing to put that package together for that is on the trade market? Like, is that a package that you're only trading for a Hank Aaron award finalist? I mean, you're not trading one of your top two prospects here, right? Like this is your third prospect and then other really solid pieces, but it's not your top two guys. Like I'm, I look at, I look at the, the landscape. There's a few guys I'd maybe do that for, but I think Olsen, you almost want to get a guy that you feel like is guaranteed to translate to success with the Yankees, like, like an Olsen. Who else would be on your mind? Because I know you're always thinking about guys that you want on your team. Always. I want Cattell Marte. <laughs> More than I even want to see my 24th birthday, which is coming up. I want him so bad. And I've wanted him for so long. Yeah, I've heard so many goddamn rumors. And I just want him. He's a switch hitter. He's so dynamic. He's, he's everything I want in my center fielder. And also... I mean, he doesn't even need to play center field. Go, go play second base too. Yeah. He's so athletic and he's so good. I'm wondering, would this package work for a guy like Cattell Marte? Or do you think it might actually, you know, demand a little bit more? Dude, that's a good question. Because I, I swear, I swear to you, Arm, 
I'd rather give this for Cattell Marte than Matt Olson. And I'm willing to say even, that. I don't even think that's crazy because it's not crazy, right? No, not at all. Because look, look, I, I think Olsen, obviously, on, on just the offensive side of things, is is as safe of a bet as you're going to find. I mean, they got- Olsen, this was his first coming out party. I'm not saying that he's not going to continue to do this, but is, was this peak Olsen or is this Olsen that we're going to expect? Yeah, you know that, that that's a fair question. Fair. And, you know, I mean, the K rate like cut in half, and, and I mean, nah, he looks spectacular. I mean- but you get a Marte now. That's a dynamic top of the order guy that can serve a Whit Merrifield type role. As a switch yeah. hitter with power, but I mean, it's way better than Whit Merrifield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's incredible. I think that package could get it done, and even if it takes a little bit more, like you have to trade Dominguez. I know you're doing it. Uh, I am doing what it. What if what if it had to be Volpe? Only untouchable. Only just untouchable. because I think he I, literally he's the only untouchable in the system. Just because I think if we sign a Corey Seager, two years, Corey Seager moves over to third, and Anthony Volpe is the shortstop of the future. That's he's my only guy that I really want to keep. And I'm Jason Dominguez is not untradeable. No, he shouldn't be. He, he Peak really value me. He's he really shouldn't be. guys. I, I would love, dude, I would give up pretty much anything for Cattell Marte. Like, I don't think people realize how good he is because he's kind of sheltered away over in Arizona. I wouldn't. And that, that goes to show how much I like Volpe. I wouldn't give up Volpe. And I think it's it fair. It depends if they're like Volpe for Cattell. I'd be like, yeah. One for one. Yeah. Like, but if it's like Volpe and then you got to give Wells in there and then you got to throw another pitcher. And then it's like, okay, now it's like, it's too much. It's too much. But that's the only guy. That's the, the only guy. guy. It's the only guy. I like it. I, I mean, that's fair. Is that fair? That's fair. I mean, we had hubs on here saying you wouldn't trade Dominguez for anybody not named Otani. Like, dude, <laughs> he did say he would trade him for Vladdy. And oh, Trump. okay, that's very reasonable. That's very reasonable. Not Soto, though. Not Soto, though. No, 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 no. Not Soto. Uh, but that that was a good one. But to wrap like, up, Soto and just because they're like close in age right now. Uh, yeah, they're like three <laughs> years apart. <laughs> and Soto, dude, like Soto has a chip. Yeah, like he had a chip at like twenty. Twenty nineteen, he won it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's dumb. Devers too, bro. Like I don't think people realize how 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 much of a wonderkin Devers was. Also, wonderkin. Like he was up here. He's he's been hitting for four years now. Five, like going on five. <laughs> like hit it. Twenty four. Hitting, hit it for like four or five hitting, years. Hitting. So I mean, th- that's crazy too. And, and I'm interested to see. So let's say last thing I want to ask you. Luis Medina is a tough one because a little bit of prospect fatigue because he's been, he's young. He's only 22, but he feels like he's 24 because he's been around for a while. His command is marginally improved. I think, you know, we, we saw him in person in the, in the uh, Arizona fall or not the Arizona fall. Geez, I'm in, I'm in Arizona falling mode in the all-star break uh, for, for that future stars game. And I mean, look, he threw a hundred miles an hour and he's got a nasty slider, but I hate the bullpen relegation thing. I, I really try to avoid that unless I'm really, really sure about it. I'm not relegating him to the bullpen yet, but he's a guy that I'll be honest, man. Like he, he's tough to place because I put him too low. If he puts it together, he he's elite. But if I put elite. him high, there's, he could easily struggle and he's way too high. Uh, it's not the end of the world either way, but you know, it's just like the fun of it. It's a challenge. You want to know how I'm feeling right now on about him? It's here. I've been watching a lot. of. He's probably the one pitcher who I've been watching the most video on because I'm trying to figure him out. 
-hmm. Why are you throwing 102 miles an hour, but your strikeout numbers aren't that good? And it's like the pitches themselves, when we saw them in the Futures game, the pitches themselves don't have that much uh, on them. Like when you're watching Kate Cavalli, when you're watching Shane Boz, you're like, all these pitches got mustard on them. Yeah. Luis Medina, I was like, eh. And you know who it keeps reminding me of the more and more I watch him? And this is a bullpen guy. Edwin Diaz. Really? High velocity, electric fastball, the slider in the 90s. But can be inconsistent. The fastball, although 102, gets hit a lot. The slider, if he, sometimes it gets hit a lot. Is it some of the nastiest pitches? Have we seen Edwin Diaz, what he did with Seattle? He can be absolutely electric, but then he can also be one of the most hittable pitches in, hittable pitchers in baseball. Yeah. I just, I keep watching him and that's just what keeps coming to my head. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But I just, it's like, I just feel like I'm looking at a young Edwin Diaz. Well, you know, if he goes to the bullpen, then he can just focus on two pitches, dial it up to 102 and just focus on one breaking ball. Because, I mean, right now he's tried so hard with the changeup and the changeup's just not. It's just not good, man. Like, it's just a not firm. Good. It's just like a slow. He watched it. He threw it. He threw yeah, it. Like he didn't it, even move. It didn't move. And it was like 93. <laughs> like, it was just like a flat fastball. Literally. <laughs> it wasn't deceptive. It wasn't like, because you could throw, I mean, Jacob DeGrom and his 91 mile hour changeup. It's totally fine. Yeah, but yeah. it just it's not that good. No, it, it actually like moves, I think, less than his fastball. So when when you have your change of moving less than your fastball, it's a problem. I, I, I feel like we're very, you know, people are just so quick to, to move to the bullpen. But this is a guy that to me, it just it just seems like there's too much working against him. It doesn't mean he can't be elite. Like you like you said, if he's Edwin Diaz, I think you're pretty happy with that. Uh, but it just seems like it's just too hard at this point for him to be able to not only have command, but even develop a third pitch too. I mean, he's been around for a while. I feel like if he hasn't done it to this point, it's probably not going to happen as a starter. And he he might need to start, you know, the Yankees might need to start looking at him as a bullpen arm. I think they're going to start him early this year, see how it goes. And if he struggles a little bit, then at that point, you know, they might move him up to double A quickly and, and, you know, put him in a bullpen role and see if he can start climbing his way to the big leagues, which, you know, are Yankees fans going to be super upset with that? Or, you know, is, is that fine? He's six foot one, 175 pounds yeah. as well. Durability might be an issue when you're throwing that freaking hard every single since time. 17, you know, like he's been doing it for a long time. I'm okay. That's why that. I'm even willing to kind of say this right now that I'd rather have Waldachuk. Yeah. And I'm almost on the boat where I'd rather have Wes Netsky. <laughs> Love these guys. Yeah. I mean, and we haven't even talked really about Luis Heel. Yeah. He was electric yeah. when he made his debut and he's currently the Yankees top rated pitching prospect. I love everything about Luis Seal. You know, I've been on the Luis Seal trade too. I, he reminds me of just a bigger Severino. You think he can? Uh, he he's a guy that like he's shown he can circumvent the command Electric issues stuff. a little bit. Like he's got way more staying power in a rotation for me. Yeah, I think he's got some similar issues with as Medina, but he's got multiple pitches that are that are big league caliber. He just has to command them. Medina, and he's not that high effort either. Medina has one big league pitch. It's his curveball, and and that's you know, and the fastball. But it's the fastball's big league. Yeah, but it, it's, it's flat. flat. It is flat. So it's like, 
you have two ish big league pitches and one's hittable that you don't command. Well, like there's a lot working against you. Uh, and that's the way I kind of look at Diaz doesn't throw strikes. He just chucks as hard as he can. And sometimes he gets out because he's throwing 102. I think he closes his eyes. (laughs) He just throws it and hopes it goes over the plate. Uh, Let's wrap up with a couple of just anybody else, basically that you feel like I need to mention. And, and just for those listening, like, We'll have this out hopefully in the next couple of days. Very latest will be uh, probably on Friday, uh, just because I want to make sure I get the write ups right. But oh, it'll be out very right. soon. It'll be very out very soon. But to consulting you, Yankees master Peter, mm-hmm. who do I need to have on this top ten? Like who am I? Just do I lose all credibility if I don't have him on? There's not, I mean, you got to have Waldachuk on there. I'm not seeing Wisniewski in any of these top tens. I'd personally rather have him than Devi. Um, wow. I'm honestly curious to hear your opinion about Brendan Beck. Because oh. Brendan Beck, I mean, out of Stanford, we saw him um, when we went to the College World Series. I mean, this is a 23-year-old drafted in the second round, 55th overall by the Yankees. He was just one of the best pitchers in college baseball and just seemed like he could be a guy that wouldn't even need minor league baseball and could go straight up. But I don't know where to rank him. Like, I don't know exactly what he will become because he topped out at 96 during the college world series, but he's mostly in the low nineties. So I'm just like, I personally am just like, I don't know what to do with Brendan Beck yet. Maybe I just need to see more, but yeah. Well, you know what I like about that is that it was objectively a good pick. Uh, yes, we, agreed. We, Such a good. We, we thought that World Series game was over, bro. When they brought yeah. back out of the bullpen, we're like, "Oh, yep, good game. It's over. See you, Vanderbilt." And he was nasty, but you know, and ran into some bad luck at the end. And we saw kind of special kind of implosion there. But yeah. you know, for us to yeah. still feel the way we feel about Beck, despite that implosion, I think tells you how impressed we were with his stuff. He's got good command. He's got the pedigree. I was surprised he fell to the second round. I loved Me that too. pick by the Yankees. Uh, another guy that I think is really. Interesting. Not going to crack the top 10, but it'll be like a name to watch when we put it in there. I saw him a lot in, in the Cape is Beck way. Beck way was another fifth round pick in 2020. He's a dude that like never pitched. He he was ineligible, uh, was not able to play in college for one year. And then uh, I think, you know, he's in division two Belmont Abbey. I don't think he even threw any innings for them. Somehow our man, Pete Flaherty finds this guy says, come on out to the Cape. And they're like, oh, yeah, this guy from Belmont Abbey. And I'm doing all my prep work for, you know, the games and for the season. I'm like, why can't I find his stats? Is there like a D2 site that I can find the stats? Or like, no, 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 he didn't pitch. I'm like, well, what's he doing out here in the Cape? Super nice guy, by the way. Super the awesome. Cape Cod League. And the Cape like Cod the best League. players in the country. Comes out there first game, just humming 96. And I'm like, holy crap. Nasty slider. In the early part of the year, he, summer, he was, he was, you know, wild. And then just got better and better and better. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's like barely going to throw in college. He's going to get drafted. He ends up committing to LSU, um, but then never makes it to LSU because the Yankees drafted him. So he, he like barely threw in college at all. And I think he's going to continue to develop. I think he's really intriguing. He's got big time stuff. And that's a guy that, again, Yankees chasing the stuff over the pitchability. But he hasn't thrown it all. So I'm excited to just see how he develops. That's another name to watch, too. The Yankees do a good job, again, of just like, getting themselves all of these guys that have a chance to pop. Like they all have a chance to pop. 
I liked your analysis there because when you said the name Beckway, I don't know if you saw my face kind of go, eh, it's because I saw him just get blown up in double A. Yeah. Blown which, up. which makes sense. You know, but like, he was in, he had two, six, eight ERA in, in, in high, like he was a lot, but then he just, but small sample size. So I'm not just going to blame him. I just like, I was hoping when he made that jump to double A that he would just continue to rise. And it's like, wait a minute, we have a real riser on our hand, but yeah. he did hit a blip. Not to say, like I said, again. Yeah. Well, and that's why I think the context is so important. Cause it's like, this guy didn't even throw in college, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, now, so now he's, you know, I'm sure he, he learned a lot. lot. <laughs> he's going to come back next year in double a, and, and that's going to be a really fun name to watch. Uh, so yes. I, I'm excited about that as well. We're so going to get this before top the top before the top 10. It, I know I was naming some guys, but Everson Pereira absolutely has to be in the top 10. That's like, absolutely has to be might be in the top five might be in the think kind of so i'm not i'm not like worried about where you're gonna put guys because i know also we're gonna have a conversation post this and and really hammer it out but it's gonna be just wait till siegler's number three i like i like the potential with both arms you know he can back pick a really good juggler and third with either arm it's nasty (laughs) he's got (laughs) flips the glove off a nice little throw over yeah, he was one of the only guys I think that didn't put it together in the Yankee system this year, unfortunately. Uh, but excited for this write up. I'm excited to do these episodes every week because as we start getting the deals going, too, uh, we're going to be talking about these trade packages. Uh, and I think Wednesday is going to end up being a big, like, I think we'll talk about all the trades. So I'm at this with Jack, but on Wednesdays, that's where we're going to dive into the packages. Like what, you know, into the weeds on these packages when these deals start going through. Uh, so, I'm excited. Hopefully it'll be three weeks in a row for you where we talk about Matt Olson because the trade will happen in the next week. Uh, but the Yankees got themselves in a good spot here to potentially get them. And think, it'll be fun to talk about it. Think about this podcast schedule on Monday. You got arm and Jack going through the weeds on Tuesday. Jack and I went over our all MLB team. Well, on Monday they went through um, Bobby Witt jr. Arizona fall, Arizona fall league. league. They, steroids. They, they went into the steroid debate and then Jack and I went all MLB hitters. And then now we're talking Yankees prospects tomorrow or no. Yeah. Now it's on Thursday. We're doing all the pitchers. And then Friday, we haven't quite decided what we're going to do, but most, we might see some trades that we all got to talk about. So plan by ear, but we're, we got you for five days a week. Five this days a week. And tune in podcast, just show. it's amazing. And the podcast, you sent it today to me. We've debuted at 18th on 18. the baseball podcast charts. So I, I, I'm like speechless on that. I mean, thank you so much to everybody. It, it's been to so thank cool. You it's been so cool to see this thing grow. And uh, I mean, we love it so much. We added another episode into the week and uh, we're all ears. Always feel free to message DM anything you want us to talk about on the podcast. Even if it's always. not a mailbag announced, we're always listening and uh, willing to talk about some things. We're always looking for ideas and feedback and I appreciate those that have left the ratings. That's always so cool to see those funnel in as well. And they help us immensely as well. Uh, We have hoodies that have dropped now and merch that has dropped. We've got not gambling advice shirts that are really fresh. We've got really good looking hoodies. We've already sold a bunch, which is crazy. I I never thought I'd, I I never thought in my life I'd be like, you better hurry up or else they'll be gone. Like that always bothered me. Uh, I know they're actually going like I, I, yeah, I just, they're actually going. I had to text Kendall and be like, make sure you save me a couple uh, because I don't have one yet. Uh, but yeah, so the hoodies look great. 
the merch has been awesome and uh, we'll be giving away merch on Twitch as well too. So plenty going on and a lot more to come as well as a massive giveaway. When we get to hundred K on TikTok. we're getting up yes, there sir. as well. Make sure you check out our new Instagram as well. Peter, the handle, I want to make sure I say it right. It, it, just baseball media. We got it locked down or just baseball fans. You know what? See, I'm not even going to pretend so, I know it for real, while, even though while, I'm literally on it all the time now. I'll explain just the baseball difference. media. Okay, so with the two Instagrams to wrap up so we can explain this to people, the Just Baseball Media account is going to have everything. Like if some random dude gets DFA, it'll probably be on there. Like every big news thing that's going on in baseball, that's where that'll be. The other Instagram that you might already follow, that's where we put clips of the show. That's where we put memes and stuff like that. So we have, you know, the current just staying up with baseball over on the Just Baseball Media account and then the Just Baseball show as well. Uh, maybe that's too much just baseball for you. You can pick one of them, but we appreciate it if you followed both and uh, it'll keep you in the loop on what's going on in the baseball world and all the stupid things that we say over here. Uh, so speaking of any stupid things to wrap up with Peter. Normally I have something stupid for you, but I don't right now. And I think we might just say thank you everybody. 